Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Warning. This episode may suffer from partial technical difficulties because Tyler decided to record in his kitchen at one in the morning after two pots of coffee. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Tyler, and I'm here with an exclusive late-night interview with Daniel Nelson. Who's Daniel Nelson? Well, you may recognize him from a slew of projects, including Godzilla vs. Kong, and most recently, Mortal Kombat, where he plays the gas-mask-wearing, dual-sword-wielding cabal. This guy is incredibly talented as a stunt performer and an actor, but he's also just a really cool person. So I can't wait for you to tune into this episode, check out his background, what he's done, and where he wants to go. So without further ado, let's introduce Daniel Nelson. Daniel, man, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'm glad we're able to uh, to make this work since you you know you had a flight, and I'm sure you, you just got home too. <laughs> yeah, just walked in, made myself tea, sat down, put some washing on before work tomorrow. So uh, yeah, there you go, mate. Keep keep it on top of things. So um, I in the intro, I you know I introduce you as somebody who's you know done a lot of stunt performances, has just done a lot of like bigger stuff in the last ten years or so, and then the fact that Mortal Kombat just came out. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners, man, who may have not heard about you, like who are you and what do you do? Uh, so I am well. I guess I'm a stunt man more than I am an actor, um, and I yeah. So I've been doing stunts for ten years and. I was doing live shows, theme park live shows, did Universal Studios and a Warner Brothers Movie World. Um, stunt shows and stuff for uh, maybe close to seven years. And after that seven years, I mean, along the way I was doing films, but after that seven years, I sort of um, t- took a bit of a leap of faith and got out of the theme park industry and just really started trying to um, nail some film gigs uh film or tv and um it's so far it's been pretty good yeah it's worked out for me yeah i mean it seems like uh i did look up your your reel from about i think it was three years ago and it, i think were, were you doing a was it water world was that one of the live shows you were doing that's right yeah water world in singapore so um same oh, company wow. is the one that does it in hollywood and uh japan and then now beijing the universal studios beijing just opened Holy crap, man. Yeah, it, it looks awesome. And you, I mean, it seems like you have a, a martial arts background as well. Like, did you get started with that first or that just kind of come with, you know, you getting into stunts? Probably, yeah, the the latter. Um, I, I mean, as a kid, I did um, karate for a year and kind of gave that up to pursue other sporting passions. But um, yeah, and then when I started stunts, a lot of what we were doing at work was very, uh, martial art heavy so I kind of got taught on the job and um, I guess just was sort of improving on the job but I, I kind of wish um, back then I knew what I knew now and I wish I sort of pursued the martial arts outside of um, the live shows and, and gone and learned kung fu or boxing or whatever I, I mean I did eventually and um, I think that's been really helpful to my career is actually learning um you know, learning how to actually fight and learning the art form of Kung Fu and stuff and then being able to translate that into film. That's, um, yeah, I found that really helpful. Um, so, yeah, so not, I wouldn't say I have a martial art background. I have, I have a sporting background, but um, not martial art, but since becoming a stuntman, I've, yeah, I've um, caught up to scratch and, yeah, really focused on it. 
Yeah, yeah, you get you have a hands-on approach, and it, and it seems like I don't know. Do you feel like it's easier with you coming from you know more of a, a sports background to kind of just adopt new uh, techniques, new fighting styles? Whether it's it's not maybe not mastering it, but enough to kind of get by, especially like on camera work and that sort of thing. I think the the biggest thing I um, take away from my sporting um, career is that I have discipline, hmm. and I. Um, I can turn up to the sessions and the stunt training multiple times a week. And um, I just know, I guess, what it takes. And then I guess for other things too, like if you, with, as a stuntman, depending on who you're doubling, uh, you've got to change your body shape. So like having the discipline to get in the gym or whatever to, um, you know, try and match the actor you're doubling. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, uh, I think it was on your IMDb. It looks like you doubled for Alexander Skarsgård in Godzilla versus Kong, right? I did. I was pretty lucky with that one because at the time, that was actually the leanest I had been. I mean, Alex is a really tall guy and he's, yeah. um, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty lean, skinny. Um, I mean, he was for that job. I know he's he buffed out to be Tarzan, but um, yeah. I mean, at the time, yeah, Godzilla, he was, he was just a tall, uh, I wouldn't say lanky, but just tall, slim guy i um myself i was like i just done a boxing fight so i had done like a boot camp training thing for boxing and i was myself was like 87 kilograms um at, so you guys probably don't know the kilograms uh but like right now i'm sitting at 100 kilogram kilograms so oh, wow i don't know if that's like 20 pound or something different or maybe not that much i don't know the difference yeah i mean it's it's still pretty sizable it's funny talking to people from uh you know those who live in the uk and then others who, who use kilos you know whether it's referring something as you know stone or pounds or, yeah. <laughs> or kilos i i just see you know the bigger the number the bigger the person is uh you know yeah. i was never good with math and conversion so i think you know we'll just yeah. stick with that but uh man is there like it, it's so interesting you know, seeing what you've done in your career and kind of, you know, hearing you talk about it, was there a moment where you thought, I definitely want to go into stunts uh, outside of just sports and things like that? Was there a moment where maybe you saw a film or, you know, went onto your first set just by, by accident? Was there something that happened where there's a pinnacle moment that hit and you said, I want to do this? Yeah, I think it was. Um, so, I mean, I was doing live stunt shows um, for a while before I started doing stunts outside of um, the, the theme parks. And I think it was around the time I got um, certified as a stuntman in Australia that I thought, oh, like, because in Australia, you can't actually work as a stuntman unless you get this accredit accreditation. Okay. So um, it was around um, that time, maybe I'd been... Uh, working at a theme park for two years and it's 2014 I got uh, my qualification and then I, I I think it was like a light bulb switched or you know someone flicked a switch on me and I'm like oh I'm actually a stuntman accredited stuntman now and I'm I can work as a stunt. and so it was like something then that made me like turn it up a gear and start training more and um, you know sending out resumes and CVs to stunt coordinators uh, trying to get work um it was you know, so i guess that moment yeah uh, once, once i got my qualification um but i was very much enjoying the stunt that you know for those two years in the theme park before i got my qualification i was really much enjoying it and, and decided uh, i was training because you got to train up to being a qualified stunt man so i was 
working towards it. I mean, as far as stunts go, do you want to just stick to, you know, maybe coordination and doing, you know, stunts in front of the camera? Or do you want to kind of go up into actually developing, you know, full on scenes to uh, coordinate the stunts in, in more of a grand way? What's your what's your game plan as far as the next 10 years goes? I mean, for the next 10 years, I'm happy just to um, keep performing. And it's there's a lot less stress involved. Yeah. when you're performing opposed to when you're running the floor um so I'm, I'm and i'm also i i don't think i'm ready i don't think i'll be ready in the next 10 years like there's so much to learn with stunts you know i mean it's kind of a funny thing it's like uh every um every stunt you do it's almost like it's sometimes it's the first time that stunt has ever been done you know so it's not like a rule book or anything you've got to try and work things out on the fly and um so i think you you uh, like with experience and years of experience, you, you know, you pull in from things you've done in the past and you, you trying to work out the safest way to do something. Um, and I, so I think rushing into that, um, I mean, I, I personally don't want to rush into that. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy. Yeah. Happy just to keep performing, keep doubling. Um, uh, and that's my, I guess my 10 year plan, but I, I'm down in, and when I'm a bit older and a bit more mature, I think, yeah, I could see myself being a stunt coordinator, but yeah. 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 And does that, uh, I mean, that brings to, to mind another question. Of course, I always ask everybody, do you have somebody that was a direct influence? Like for, for myself, you know, when I think of stunts, I think of, uh, you know, classic performers like, like uh, Vic Armstrong, you know, from, from the seventies and eighties onwards who became a, a coordinator as well. Do you have any direct influences within the industry that, that may have been sort of like a port of inspiration for you to uh, kind of learn more and kind of adapt to each new project or um, maybe somebody outside of the industry as well? I think a lot of my um, inspiration came from the guys I was working with at the theme parks. Mm -hmm. So there's guys, you know, they were like 10 years older than me. Um, and they go on jobs, so they go overseas and work on a film, and then they come back to the theme park and do this live sun show as well. There's no other jobs going at the time. And, and I think seeing those guys um, do that was, for me, it was like, oh, wow, like, these guys are killing it. I want to be like them. That's, that's <laughs> what I want to do, you know. Um, having having the best of both worlds can go and go and do the movies and then come back and do the live shows. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than performing in front of a, a live audience. You know, I mean, I, I love doing stunts on camera, but, um, you know, in front of a live audience, there's this, you're like, you, you've been scrutinized at the time. So if things go wrong, they see it. So, you know, there's a bit of excitement about it and a bit of nerves involved. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for um, sure. So, yeah, so answer to your question, I guess, more people in my direct vicinity that I sort of looked up to or um, inspired me. Maybe not. Um, yeah, not, not. I mean, like guys like Jackie Chan and um, you know, even like Tom Cruise, who does a lot of his own stunts, and Jackie does a lot of his own stunts. I mean, I mean, they even have doubles doing some of the things. But um, yeah, I mean, they they've led a pretty cool career, and uh, I think that's very inspirational. Yeah, yeah. And I think having uh, somebody right there with you that you're learning from, I mean, you're going to learn so much more from them too. And I'm kind of curious, what was your your first show like in front of a live audience? Was there any sort of slip up? Were you completely nervous? Like, like how how was that performing, you know, your first live show in front of a, a group of 
what, hundreds of people. And it's very, very nerve wracking. Like, <laughs> because you, you know, you, you, and you get a, a, you know, I think I remember we've got two, two weeks, maybe rehearsals before, you know, getting in front of the live show audience, um, which now that seems like a lot, two weeks rehearsing, like a, a small fight scene, that seems like a lot of time, but I guess moving into it, hadn't had to learn fight curry before um, or break falls and, and timing. So like, I remember going into the first show, just, just being so scared and nervous and didn't want to muck it up. Not that I guess anyone would have known if you do muck it up, you just yeah. try to remember, but I think I got through it all at the time. Yeah. I don't think I, I've never really had moments in live shows where I've forgotten choreography. Um, so, I mean, thankfully, you know, I, I mean, maybe, well, maybe I have, but nothing that's led to anything sort of really embarrassing or going wrong. I mean, there's times where you like, you might fall over when you weren't meant to, but you just get up and, you know, so it's part of the, part of the action. You just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you know, shake it off, do the Tom Cruise thing, you know, give a head tilt and just keep moving. Totally, man. Yeah, totally. I at <laughs> Waterworld, I remember, like, I was driving the, um, there's like th three boats in the show, but I was driving the biggest one. It's like a double-decker sort of guy with a, a guy on the front with a Gatling gun, and I'm driving it. And I remember that was, I, I remember for, the f like, the first month of performing, I was just, had so much nerves and adrenaline, you know, going, um, yeah, every every show, just like, you know, oh, my God, today's the day I'm going to crash the boat. Because you, you're driving and you don't feel like, you don't feel fully. I didn't have a boat driving background, so I, was, I had to learn on the job. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so, like, you know, for a while there, I felt real nervous about that. But, um, you know, as time goes on, it just becomes second nature. And you could probably do the show with, the, with your eyes closed eventually. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, after a while, especially, you know, with somebody with an athletic background like yours, you know, you, just, it's, you, know, you have that muscle memory and then you have that that higher sense of, you know, acknowledging your, your proprioceptive sensors and just, just knowing where everything is. And it, it, it shows actually in... Uh, and I don't want to jump too early into it, but we might as well do it now. But jumping into you playing Cabal in Mortal Kombat, man, I mean, your your physicality is incredible, especially when it came to, I think the last time I played one of the Mortal Kombat games was 10 years ago. But I remember playing as Cabal and that dude is just just crazy uh, smooth and swift. So uh, with that sort of pe preparation for role of a character that, um, you know, obviously has a, a lore and a history to it. What kind of preparation did you do to kind of fit that mold? I did a lot of um, double sorted training leading up to, as soon as I found out, I went on like, like uh, Filipino Kali, which is all like the, um, you know, you're using two swords at the same time. And, um, you know, yeah, eventually you can do it without thinking about, thinking about it so much. Whereas if you just pick up two swords, one you know and you hadn't had any training one hand's probably down by its side while you're doing one thing and then you try to use the other one yet you forget what to do what to do with so um it's almost like uh it's just like rubbing your belly and tapping your head at the same time you know it's that sort of <laughs> that sort of thing so um yeah i had a bit of a, a bit of prep i think i had about a month and a half from when i found out that i was cabal to when oh, i wow. started shooting so it's just um training every day and, and just every chance I got, just, you know, trying to, and then I'd like, I'd look at MK11 and see what the guy was doing with the swords. And um, I'd try and replicate some of those like spinny maneuvers 
Um, but it, you know, it was, I I had done sword work before, but um, it was my first time doing double sword. Um, but I think just like having a general martial art background and, and you know fighting background, it um, yeah, it was quite adaptable. I you know I'm by no means a sword master, and there's probably there are probably guys better you know better choices for the role than I was. But um, <laughs> you know sometimes you just get lucky and you're in the right place. You you know the right person at the right time and um, uh, you know, and I, I dedicated everything I had to the role once I had it, you know what I mean? So to give the best performance. And I mean, going back to the theme park stuff, I mean, it, it sounds really silly, but being um, like the characters in the theme park, you know, you play an array of characters from um, DC and Warner Brothers. And even like we have the Halloween Horror Night sort of things going on. So you're playing like, you know, Jason Voorhees or, <laughs> um, just monsters so just you know just having that experience of like seven years of theme park work just being able to I guess like embody a, a certain presence I suppose um you know like I, I played I played uh you know the DC superheroes uh, played you know all the ones we had Batman and all, Superman all that oh yeah you know and if you look at my first day as uh, any other superheroes my first day compared to my last day if you look at like I guess some of the poses I would have done in front of you know and someone takes a photo with you compared to my last day it's um you know it's very different it's very different but you, you have those years of experience of just you know how to hold yourself as a as a person um whatever you're trying to portray I, th- I really um I really um actually I think that was really helpful and I mean it, it probably sounds silly like when you, you think about oh so you're you're a guy in a movie playing a bad guy, but you're you're saying that your theme park work was, <laughs> uh, you know, merited that. Um, it probably sounds quite silly, but I I I really think it's um, it really helped me. Um, and you you know at the theme parks you're performing on the fly, and you know you get thrown thrown questions or people doing things to you, and, and you got to try and keep it cool, or you got to um, <laughs> you know you got to react on the spot in character. So I think all that, all that really helped. You know, I played the Flash too. So you know, the Flash obviously runs fast. Cabal runs fast. So yeah. even some of the, even some of the poses I would do as the Flash. You know, just having the right body shape, like it helped me. Like I think that you can see the bit where Cabal, oh, sorry, when Luke Kang shoots a fireball and like do the whip it out of the way and then get into like a running pose and then take off. You know, like if you hadn't seen yourself a thousand times in pe- other people's photos you probably you might pull a weird sort of running pose and look a bit robotic and stuff but I guess like just having that I guess that experience just like you, you sort of um that stuff is very second nature to me yeah it's funny you say that because I can I can think back on that that frame of you you know kind of, I think you sort of ducked your shoulder down and it was you know it was it wasn't robotic it was a very natural boom and he's gone and uh, I mean, you mentioned Halloween Horror Nights. Did you get to play, you know, Michael Myers and Jason? Or did, was there a certain slew of characters you had to play for that? Or was it just kind of an array, kind of like the the live shows? Yeah, um, I think I just played like all of them over the years, you know. Um, I did, we did a cool commercial one time um, where I played Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And um, yes. so, you know, and I had, that suit on and then yeah I've played Jason Voorhees with the 
he's the, the one with the hockey mask. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mike, I don't know if, I don't think I played Mike Myers, but played, um, yeah, played Jason Voorhees a few times. And he's like, you know, like a big imposing guy, you know, who's very stoic and like, he's, got, he's more that jump scare kind of and then like walks after you as you run and fall and you know <laughs> you know and he's just that guy that keeps walking you know so like um yeah played a few different characters there oh man i i had i have to think you had so much fun you know kind of following people around the parks in in that character mode do you, do you have a, a moment where you just you logged on to somebody and said hey, i'll follow you for about 10 minutes until you freak out and then i'll disappear <laughs> no i try not to um, bother people too much you know like I really enjoy just like getting a scare out of people from like rather than jump scares. I myself personally okay. is like by mannerisms and stuff. So they see, you know, just fully embodying the character and they see you and they're like, wow, like they forget that that's an actor and they for a moment they go, well, holy crap, look at that guy. Like, you know, and it helps being six foot three, like, um, you know, that sort of, oh, you talk to people, so that helps. Yeah, I was about to say six three, that's, that's an imposing figure even without. <laughs> A hockey mask and a giant fake machete you know yeah <laughs> it helps. And, and you have a you have a uh, just like a traditional superman look to you have you ever you know thought about maybe and this is a question that that no one should really ask it's like saying hey have you thought about doing a netflix show or have you thought about doing hbo but have you uh kind of looked at any opportunities to either double a superman or maybe look at a, a character like that i mean i haven't personally looked into it or followed it up yeah. but I um yeah I mean I I do get that a lot from people like oh you look like Clark Kent or this and that which is I mean it sounds silly saying it out loud but um <laughs> yeah I mean for all my life I have I have I've, I mean since I guess my early 20s you know I've, I've always had that and if the role came up and they offered it to me I'd, I'd love it my favorite character is Green Lantern though I'd love to play Hal Jordan he's a bit more chill you know a bit cheeky and um oh, I'd love to do a live screen hell jordan yeah I, well they're doing the the green lantern core show mm. for, for hbo i mean you've already done something for hbo max so i'm sure there's there's something out there for you especially for green i lantern. should have i should have a contact there i'd be able to sort of hit them up right yeah hey the movie just came out uh what's next <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it's funny though like i don't know if you've seen online a lot of actors now they get roles by starting almost like a campaign like i know there's a bit of that going around right now for, yeah um johnny cage and the new mortal uh, oh god it's just that i mean that's just not me it's just not my in my uh uh personality to start spruiking <laughs> online and being like you need to cast me because uh, <laughs> i mean uh, I, I, I just feel very silly doing that but um yeah i would love to i'd love to play a superhero I, I often get villains, so I'd love to play a good guy for change. Really? Yeah, I, I can see. I think it's because you have, a, you know, you have the ability to embody that physicality and that performance, even though, you know, I've known you for, for a half hour now and you seem like, you know, just a very kind and, and, uh, and down to earth person. So it depends what just, just happened that way. And now uh, all the actors who are listening are probably thinking I need to take down those, those campaigns and, you know, just in case Daniel sees it. Cause <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I, I, you know, if that's you know, I don't I don't think down on anyone that does it. It's just not in yeah. my nature to um yeah to do it. But I mean, hey, and it works. I think I, I think the you know it's 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 worked in the past for actors. So um you know if it works for you, then hey, that's one way to get a role, right? 
I mean, yeah. there's and there's no there's no rule on how to get given a role or to get cast. You know, like for me, I didn't even audition for Cabal. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. What 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 was the the story um, for that kind of casting? Well, um, there's actually a like a Facebook ad sort of went out for Mortal Kombat looking for um, martial artists with weapon work stuff and. I later found out that was Cabal. And at the time, I I believe I applied for it, but I never heard anything back. Um, and then I think my agent got onto them and I, and then that, so I was through my agent, they were um, looking at me and then that went away too. So like, they were like <laughs> considering me, I think, and then, and then no, no, I didn't didn't get it. So like, I'm like oh, okay, and I almost took another job in Malaysia, like a stunt job in Malaysia, and then uh, that went away. So I'm like sitting at home twiddling my thumbs. And then um, the director asked the second unit director who I'd worked for previously, like, who do you think should play Cabal? And he just threw my name in. And um, so thanks to the you know the stunt coordinator, um, I got the role. Oh man, yeah, you know, and it comes down to every everyone always talks about one word and that's networking in this industry more than anything. You know, somebody knows you're, you're good and that you'll be fun to work with on set. They'll throw your name out there. So that's perfect, man. Do you have uh, anything else lined up after, after MK? Are you kind of taking, because I know you have a, you have a kiddo, so your, uh, your free time has kind of gone down to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in a job at the moment and I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it. It's quite, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the job isn't top secret, but I don't really think I meant to say that I'm on it. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I'm on a job now. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a big, it's a big job. It's, it's probably bigger than Mortal Kombat. So. Okay. Uh, Part yeah. of me, <laughs> as we were emailing the last few weeks, I thought, I swear to God, if he's in Thor, Love and Thunder and I find out, <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, any, the listeners, he didn't say anything. He, he went stoic face. He didn't shrug or, or anything like that. He's not saying shit. So, I mean, look, if you, were, if you were a detective and worked out that I was in Sydney and you looked at what was filmed in Sydney, you could probably work it out for yourself. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Two Google searches and, and maybe it's a possibility. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that, that's awesome, man, that you're, it seems like you're, you know, you're getting, are these sort of, longer jobs you're getting so I'm not sure how long were you working on Mortal Kombat and how long is this current project do you find yourself with a lot of time in between or uh is it well, just kind of a sporadic thing yeah. especially with COVID well so 2019 was a fairly consistent year for me because I did Godzilla vs Kong at the start of the year and that was about two months and then I had um some sporadic days in the middle of the year on a tv series called Reef Break doing some doubling on that and then um, Mortal Kombat was kind of like August, September. Like I had like a bit of um, stunt rehearsal stuff for a couple of weeks, I think August or September. And then I was down there like full time from, um, I think it was like the end of September, like all of October, November, and then halfway through December. So, I mean, yeah, so Mortal Kombat was uh, like, I think two and a half months. Oh, wow. And which is like, that's a decent run on a on a on a show, but uh, this one I'm full time, so 
Uh, it's going to be, I think, just over five months when we wrap up. Holy and so, yeah, and then so, but then last year was very quiet um, because of COVID. So everything shut down for a while. Oh, they had Shang-Chi shooting in Sydney, the new uh, Marvel Kung Fu movie. Oh, okay, so they did shoot uh, but, in Australia. Okay. Yeah, so that was shooting. And they shot, um, they had a little shutdown through the middle of COVID when I think Sydney was sort of getting out of control, but um, they finished the film in 2020. I didn't, I didn't get on that one, um, but I had a baby last year. So it was actually a really good year for me to just um, be at home. And, um, and I was working as a, for a FedEx, I was working as a courier. Um, I mean, get that, that, that hustle. <laughs> yeah, man, like, like if I didn't, I would have starved, you know, like um, I didn't get paid a million dollars for Mortal Kombat, you know, like <laughs> I, um, I would have loved to have kicked back and had a year off, but uh, no, I, um, I had to go back to work and, you know, eat a bit of humble pie and uh, get out there delivering parcels. Um, but, you know, I think it makes you stronger as a person like to be able to go do, do that. But I'm also not an Australian um, citizen, so I couldn't fall back on the, um, you know, the, the government payments that uh, a lot of people that lost their jobs or didn't, didn't have work got that. So I couldn't fall back on that. Um, and having a baby on the way, I was like, oh, I better yeah. work hard, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, that that's tough, man. It's kind of nice to know that that hustling mentality is still there. You know, it keeps you honest. And when you get work, it just makes you even more thankful and that you can give 110% to it, which is fantastic. But uh, is there, you know, when you're working this much and now you, you have a kiddo, what do you do to, I guess, decompress and try to calm yourself down? Do you have anything you, like whether it's meditation or maybe even cooking new recipes to try out? Is there something you like to do to kind of decompress and, and relax after you know, really long days? it's just like putting my feet up really like I, I went home on the weekend and we've been having some pretty busy weeks and uh, you know my partner was like oh, do you want to go to the beach do you want to go out and, do you wanna... and I'm just like honestly no nah, I just want to hang out at home and just like you know like I just don't want to do anything um but I went out I, I went out on the weekend and saw um Mortal Kombat for the second well kind of third time or because I saw it in, in product when it was like nearly finished I saw it without some visual effects and without some of the okay. conditional scene. And then I saw it at the premiere and then so I saw it for a third time with my <laughs> mates. And it's pretty funny, you know, like uh, just being in the theater with all your, your bros and then you, you appear on the screen and it's like, oh, well, there I am, you know. <laughs> and, and, and literally like no one in the cinema would have any idea, you know, like that, yeah. that Cabal was in the cinema with them. In the cinema with them. Um, <laughs> But it was like it's kind of it's kind of cool too. Like you can just sort of yeah. like, like could you imagine Nathan Jones like going to the cinema? Um, everyone would straight away and go, "Hey, you're the big guy that's in the movie." Like, but I was just some dude in a mask, so no one had any idea. You just have to start, you know, doing the cabal poses every now and again and see if anyone knows is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I went to the premiere and like, um, they had like the red carpet and stuff. But not, and I was like, ah, oh, I wasn't going to walk down it. And then one of the so the main costume designer, her friend was like, can you walk Cappy down the red carpet? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it, all right. And he walked down and like, honestly, like they, they had no idea that I was one of the like one of the supporting cast, like the people that perhaps are like, oh, okay, be opposed. <laughs> and they were, you know, and they were interviewing um, people who didn't even work on the movie, like, you know, the 
interviewing some dude who was in the bachelorette from 2015 and like just some like random blonde girl who i've got no idea who the heck she was and like you know she's they're having a two-minute interview and it's just like "Mm." (laughs) you know it's it's just funny it's just like oh okay guess i'm not that important (laughs) (laughs) i think i think every actor needs to have that experience i had that at uh at sundance a couple of years ago where it's like, yeah, you're not, yeah, you just go watch the movie, but you're not, you're not on the red carpet. That's, that's fine. I'll just, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll go sit and uh, just watch yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, that's it's good. crazy, man. What's, uh, I, I don't know. Do you have a surreal moment from, from working on any sort of project where you, you just kind of, I don't know, you, you got goosebumps or you just kind of felt comfortable and at home? Was that one of the live shows or uh, was it like more of over like switching the film? I think it was like on film, like when I was um, working on Godzilla vs Kong, there was a scene, it was like the last stunt I did for um, Alex and I was like, uh, it was like kind of the only stunt where I was like the only person in the scene. It was, I don't know if you saw the movie. I did. did I think I know what you're talking about too. So Kong's heart needs restarting Yeah, and he lands a ship on and like it blows up and whatever and he's running away. But anyway, so I'm standing down at one stage, one side of the sound stage, and I've got to run down, and then a shockwave's meant to happen, so I'm meant to be taken off my feet and just like land on the ground and slide along the gravel. And it's just like standing there, looking at all the crew just down the other end, staring at me. And that that was like the moment I'm like, fuck, like this is this is like pretty cool, you know? Like um, everyone, like I'm the scene is just all about me right now, you know what I mean? Like yeah um so that, i think that was like that for me like that's a pretty um big memory as far as like yeah well, i don't know what, how do you describe it, the moment of where you're just going oh okay like this is uh you know a point in your career i suppose where you go oh i'm doing it you know yeah, yeah. i'm flying <laughs> i'm doing it you know like yeah that's that was like that's a big one for me yeah and you know i can i watched that uh that film i think it was the night it came out on hbo max and in seeing that that shot i thought wow that must have been crazy just you know the, just guys i think you were you were just running the explosion goes off you know you slide but it just it had that that mid-90s michael bay feel to it that's freaking cool man yeah <laughs> that's just awesome. it was um it was and it you know it was it was one of those things where i really got tested as uh double because i think one of the wide shots too i think that's me as he's running in and so i was like okay. really looking at alex and the way he ran i'm like okay so he's sort of like he's got a limp because he's been injured or something and he you know he runs with his hands like kind of like this so i'm like okay so i'm doing that and trying to just trying to really um you know because everyone everyone when they run they run different like some people <laughs> hunch up and some people you know drop the shoulders so i like really just trying to focus on what he was doing and then I had to act like there was a shockwave, but there wasn't. So I just had, and so trying to fo- like, and now it's harder than you think, trying to like, without, I guess, jump, looking like you've jumped, yeah. like trying to get some height. And um, it was all, it was an organic stunt. So there wasn't a wire that I guess gave me a pull or anything. And um, and then just hit the ground and slide on the gravel. And I, and I remember like watching, I'm like, oh, it doesn't like, doesn't quite look as, impactful as it felt <laughs> on the day you know like it looks quite quite soft but i remember it like it, it was a bit of a whack you know like but i wish i could almost go back again and try and like do it again and get a little bit more up and land on my face a bit more and something you know try and make it a bit um more i don't know meaty but um it was, that was like my first uh first 
big job where I had some responsibility yeah as a as a double um I mean not, not I had I'd done like an alien movie like um a couple of months before when I was doubling a guy in a prosthetic alien with a fat suit and had I was doing sword fighting and stuff in that movie I mean that I had a lot of responsibility in that but um I guess that film was I guess you'd almost say it was an indie film um whereas this was a, like Godzilla was a big studio film with a big cohort who's um hired me a couple times now after that film so yeah um oh, I've lost my train of thought but um <laughs> yeah it was it, yeah it was um it was good but you know with Godzilla there's a lot of stunts I did that actually didn't make the cut oh really um yeah it was a bit disappointing like I I uh, it was you know it wasn't a super heavy stunt film for me like there's a lot of actually just picture doubling too you know like when he's flying that little the heave the helicopter thing like when you see him from behind that's the back of my head and then like there's some shots when he's when he's underwater in the flooded thing like and you see his hand like reaching up and pulling the leaf like that's my hand and um there's i mean that job was also a lot of like stunt stand and stuff so like when you're in the water they rather than just getting a regular stand in they'll just get they have to get a i guess a stunt guy because there's a little bit of danger involved with like ah. flooded so they get, you know, so I'm doing all the lineups for the camera and the, so they can get the focus right and line up the shot and then he'll come in and do it. But, um, yeah, there's a few, a few like, bigger stunts that I did that I didn't, you know, they cut the scene all together and so that never made it, which I was pretty bummed about. But I'm waiting for the DVD to come out and hopefully in the, uh, in the you know, deleted scenes or whatever I can get that footage. and Because that's a big thing is that you want the footage to piece together a showreel to use. Yeah. To, sell yourself as a performer you know it's like that's proof that you've worked and that you can perform yeah it tends to be the the hardest part too uh, even if it's an independent you know tracking down that director who suddenly disappeared <laughs> trying to get trying to get some tape back and you might get i don't know there could be a, an extended cut of godzilla versus calling that you know you might actually be in that that runtime a little bit longer you know i'm not sure if that's a real thing but uh, it's possible. Yeah, right? I think if they did that, because the story changed quite a bit from what we originally shot. Really? So okay. I think if they if they did do that, it would be um, it would change some of the main plot points. It'd almost mm. be like a um, Snyder cut, where it's just like a, almost like a different movie. Um, yeah, there was like a lot of um, things going on behind the scenes, that big few plot twists and stuff that they didn't really show and there was like one of the main things that um i liked was that they sorry that they took out was godzilla's reason for being a jerk there was actually oh, like yeah. a really a really good reason for it in like the original stuff of what we shot and then um i think they just threw it down to oh he doesn't want to share the alpha title role so he's going to go destroy cities and you know whatnot huh. i'm like well that doesn't add up you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 you know, I thought God, I thought Godzilla was meant to be almost like the hero. So why is he? Yeah. Just because he doesn't want to share that title, he's he's been a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance of of getting an extended cut or a, you know a director's vision or something on on the DVD yeah. when it comes out. There has to be a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. Do you, uh, I mean, do you hang on to, you were talking about, you know, watching yourself on, in the frame and, and seeing the way you executed a stunt and just being very critical about it. Do you have 
uh, you know, those moments consistently where you just try to make each project better? Uh, or does it kind of fade away and you approach each project differently? You know what I mean? Like instead of having a, a mental hard drive built up of, okay, I got to do this with my wrist and do this with my back. Uh, do you instead just go into it saying this is a new, you know, new stunt, a new project. I'm just going to, I guess, live in it and see what happens. No, I'm always trying to improve and always look back on stuff I've done. And, and I think as you, the longer you stay in the industry, the more you grow as a performer. Yeah. So I'll look back on stuff and go, well, why, why, why do I think that doesn't look quite right? Or I look at other people's stuff and go, well, what, what, why doesn't that sit right with me? What are, what are they doing? And then, so like try to um, like not do that or, you know what I mean? Like change that. Um, I also like look at, um, you know, this stunties and action guys who just look really powerful and strong and on camera. So I'm like, oh, what are they, what are they doing? That's like, like this little thing that what are they like? And, and to the untrained eye, you probably wouldn't know, you wouldn't even know you're just watching. Oh, okay. But there's like little yeah. things you can do to make, you know, a big haymaker look really powerful, you know, like there's, um, so it's just for me, it's like, oh, okay. And then, um, yeah, so always trying to improve and just watching the guys who are like better than me on the team, and you know, well, why do they look good? Like what? And, and I'm not afraid to ask, you know, like, hey man, like what, you know, can you help me? Or is this looking, how's this looking? You know, like I know I'm- Oh, perfect. Cause you know, I think there's some people like some actors who will probably just do something and just assume they look really good and won't ask for help. But you know, if there's someone around that like has a wealth of experience, wouldn't you try and take some of that experience <laughs> and, and see if it can help you? Yeah. I mean, it would make more sense. Right. I know personally I've met a ton of performers and actors just went, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I think we're, we're set. That was the first take. <laughs> yeah, we could do three more. Let's just let's try it out. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, See what we can do. Yeah, it just goes back to to being humble and you know realizing that we're each lucky every time we get a job to kind of prove that we have the right talent to kind of move forward in our career. And uh, you know, you talk about wanting to play Hal Jordan, but do you have? I guess do you have a certain project outside of the superhero realm that you'd want to be a part of, whether it's uh, I guess more like a full-on you know you're the main lead of an action movie or would you be more of a, a comedy you know like Edgar Wright with uh with martial arts type of role is there a certain role you'd like to to fit in outside of Green Lantern uh look if someone offered me a big action role I definitely wouldn't say no because <laughs> you know that how fun it's just fun you know it's fun yeah. doing that stuff and um I mean action's not always fun but yeah you can make it fun if you you know in um i don't think there's anything in particular as far as uh um styles of action that i that i like but um you know i'm a i'm a very i'm a very big star wars fan oh um, really yeah like <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a massive star wars geek like you know the thirteen hundred dollar Millennium Falcon Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I I have that after Mortal Kombat. I went and bought that. You know, like. Um, <laughs> did you did you build it? it? Yeah, it took me twenty hours. You know, Holy like shit. yeah, man. I walked out of the shopping center with a box, just like it was like it's like a meter by meter. You know, like a massive box, and it's like heavy. I think the thing weighs like twenty kilos, and um, oh my god. Yeah, so I was like, so Star Wars would be cool. 
I'd love to be a, a Jedi or a Sith or a bounty hunter or something like, but, and, and, you know, the Star Wars universe is expanding rapidly with all these projects starting. So, yeah. you know, there's hope, there's hope that I'll get on something. Um, and I also, if they ever remade a, well, I know they have, they made remade like a Dragon Ball Z. If they ever remade it like good, like sort of what, you know, cause the last one, um, I wanted to enjoy that, but it was, they just strayed so far from yeah. the actual, you know, source material. If they did that right, I would love to be in there somewhere, somewhere like one of the, one of the uh, Z fighters or even a, like a villain or whatever, you know, I'd love to be in there somewhere, somehow. Oh man, you would, you would crush it in either one. And the fact that there, I think there's 10 different Star Wars projects where it's shows or movies that are going into production this year you could you would crush it in the mandalorian yeah mate well look mask mask character is cabal so you know throw me in a mask i'll uh, i'll do something you know like um yeah look i i love the mandalorian like that's it's so cool like just so much um easter eggs in there you know like from that just in the second season i think it just got better like i was like wow Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, they. You didn't name your uh, your kiddo Grogu, did you? No, no. Her name's May, <laughs> but she looks a bit like Grogu. You know, like when she was little, it's like she kind of looked like she got these little kind of like squinty eyes, and yeah, when she was young. But um, she's probably not so much anymore. She's got more more hair than Grogu now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think like I'm hoping they shoot one in Australia, and I have a feeling they might. I don't know what. I don't know which one it is. Where whether it's like the book of Boba Fett. I have, a, I have a feeling that might get shot in Australia. Yeah, I feel like uh, that one and um, maybe Ahsoka. They might yeah. shoot in Australia. I could see them shooting in Australia. I mean, they have to venture out with all the different... They're not going to have enough studio lots to do all that in the US, you know? They got to yeah. venture out or well, fly you to the US. Yeah, right. Well, Marvel and Disney... Um, bought the Sydney Fox Studios here, oh, no um, so they sort of like that's their home base for the next five years. Um, so they'll be doing something out of there, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but whatever it is, I'm hoping to get on it. Yeah, man. I mean, they're going to start shooting Ant Man and Captain Marvel two. I mean, mm. you're bound yeah. to hit one of those. Yeah, and then you got Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if that's in the uk number three guardians and oh, that's a good question i wonder it might yeah. be split because i think they might be shooting that in atlanta but i don't know i'm not a marvel rep who knows reddit is not yeah. trustworthy <laughs> no and mate the the press isn't trustworthy either like you just um yeah you know like they they often don't know what's going on they'll just make stuff up you know so oh yeah yeah they'll just take the keywords and say hey you know this is da, da, yeah. da, and then it's the everybody else rolls with it it's crazy um yeah. awesome man we're uh running about 10 minutes or so out i don't want to take too much of your day because i know you know you've been busy but i do want to ask a few more questions before we finish up uh one of which we... get some oh, shorter no. answers no, 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 you're good. I just, uh, I, uh, I could talk to you all day about this stuff, man, and just completely geek out. Uh, but we do like to ask our guests, man, do you have a, a fun party story, whether it's a, a best experience or worst experience you've had on a, on a film project? You don't have to name any names, but something that just, that, that sticks with you 
no matter how far your career goes that you just look back and go, oh, that was great. Or oh, that was horrible, but I'm glad it happened. Like a, like a party, like a, like a, like, oh, like, 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 like something you would, you would, you would talk about at a party. If somebody said, you know, Hey, uh, you know, yeah. Like what, what was your takeaway from this, this production? Then, you know, Oh, let me tell you about this day. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 not really, but on, on, on Mortal Kombat, there's a, there's a bit where like, um, they actually, it didn't make the final cut, but, um, I was, I was meant to swing at Ludi like he was, I was doing super speed and I was meant to swing at him and then spin and do a back kick um, with my swords. And he's just meant to be like frozen because he just shot a fireball and I'm move, moving at super speed. Anyway, we had to do it over and over again. And um, by my, the, like my vision of that was terrible. Like, you know, the red, the red eyes you see on the Cabal's mask, well, those are actual LED lights right in front of my pupils. Oh, so man. I can only really see like a, like a little pocket above that I can see and a little pocket below and no peripheral vision. And I, anyway, they're trying to, I just sort of hit his arm slice his arm and then spin around and, and kick him. But um, on one of them, I like actually slashed his face. But these are, um, these are soft props. Yeah. So like, um, so it hit him and I think he was a bit like panicked because he thought of maybe I'd like broken the skin or something, but it, it was fine. There's no, no, you couldn't, I don't think, maybe there's a little red mark, but it, it you know, something that just went away pretty quick. Um, but I felt really bad. Like I was like, <laughs> You know, but um, but then you know, going back when he we did the bicycle kick, um, he kicked me in the face. So I think he got me back. <laughs> so, but you know, like, um, so yeah. So there you go. Like, I, I, I slashed Blue Kang in the face on accident, and he kicked me. Bicycle kicked me in the face. Whether it was an accident or not, I don't know. <laughs> hey, with with the movie like Mortal Kombat, I, I would hope something like that would happen, or else it, you know, the production wasn't oh, clearly set. <laughs> that's it, man. And the thing is, if you want to be an action star, you're gonna you you're gonna get bumps and bruises, you know. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like we try our best not to make contact when we when it's not required, but uh, it happens, you know. It's like it's you make you you're dancing, and if you know things go a little bit wrong, you know, it's just uh, just the nature of the beast and. I've, I was like, fuck, like, I'm going to get fired. They're never, you know, like, they're never going to work with me again. I was, like, shitting myself. And I was, like, oh, oh, like apologizing to the cold. Like, I'm so sorry, man. Like, and he's like, no, nah, I get it. I mean, I know you can't see out of the mask. So, but um, I mean, just thankfully, it was, you know, soft weapons. And uh, so when you actually swing in, we didn't actually have hard weapons. But then in the acting scenes, they're um, hard, hard um, swords. Oh man! Uh, well, I can tell you right now. I, I uh, first big movie I worked on, the stunt coordinator just whacked me in the face with a, with a padded shovel, quote unquote, and I got a nice right. little Indiana Jones chin scar from it. I, oh, I wow. didn't feel it. I think it was negative two degrees. Got back up and it's just gushing blood. So it's just it's. I don't know. It, I think it's kind of part of the fun of a film project, but it's also that fear of please don't fire me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just, you know, off day mistakes happen, but you know, it's part of the fun of, of making things. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's just kind of funny that, you know, hopefully his his kick was an accident to you, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it was, but man, but that you know, like that was um that was hard. Like some of those fights were just so so difficult. 
Like um, when we were fighting, me and Ludi fighting at the final stage that we have our battle. So that you can't really tell in the film, but that was like on a on a uh, say like a thirty degree gradient, and it was really? polished. It was polished concrete, and then they wet it down to make it look all glossy and awesome. And <laughs> can you imagine? Like it was like so slippery, and like they had this shot where they wanted us to like it didn't make it into the film, but like we ran towards each other and almost had to stop on a dime and slash over its head. But every time I stopped, it was just like just like went ass over tit or um, just like skidded or like my feet just went like slid along the floor. And they ended up just going, crap, like we need to dry all of the ground immediately. So they had like torches out drying the ground because we just couldn't fight. But it's just like all that, those sort of things. It's just like, just to add to the prosthetic arms and, and mask with no visibility and, and bulky costume and, and hook swords, which just want to grab onto everything just to make it a little bit harder. They're going to wet down some polished concrete for me. It's a beauty yeah. of production, right? Someone yeah. says it's a good idea and then it clearly becomes the worst idea I, ever. I mean, it would have looked great. Yeah. It probably did look great looking at it, um, but it just, yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, but I, like, I'm not complaining. Like, it's yeah. this. I didn't get into this job because I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah, know? exactly. That's like, you know, you just have days that are like, wow, that's hard. Yeah, like this is going to hurt tomorrow and the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I fell over a few times, and you know, it probably made the blooper. The bloopers, Cabal just stacking it on the concrete. Oh man, I hope they come out with bloopers. I want to check that out. Yeah, It'd be hilarious. Oh, there's, there's plenty of them. <laughs> And is there a, I mean, I feel like you might have a a good piece of advice for for people, but do you have any advice for those looking to get into the industry or or keep going, whether it's, you know, in stunts or acting or doing anything in the arts? Do you have any advice you'd like to to give to some of the listeners who might be pursuing that career? Like there's a saying that I often think about when like I'm just, you know, struggling to get roles or whatever, and that's um, be so good that they can't say no. So whatever it is you're trying to do, just just become the best at it or try to become the best at it. And, you know, at least if you if you shoot for the stars and if you miss you, at least you – or shoot for the moon if you miss you land in the stars or whatever the saying is, you know what I mean? So at least if you, you devote all your time to it, um, you, whether, you, whether you become amazing at it or even pretty good at it, at least, you know, you're going to be one of those first ones picked. So like that, and that was my big thing. I was over in Singapore doing Universal Studios and um, I was just like out of the film industry, but I had plenty of time because we weren't working. Like we had like three days on a week or four days a week. So you had a few days off to train and stuff. So I was just like, right, I'm just going to train my ass off. So when I go back to Australia, I'm like ready. So I was doing gymnastics like twice a week and uh, I was like boxing, like I think four, four days a week. Um, and I was going to Malaysia every, well, probably once a month going to Malaysia and doing my scuba diving, getting my paddy dive master. So I was just trying to find any, any way I could to get better, um, at, uh, stunts, you know, and just, and, you know, stunts is a little bit different acting, but I think it's, um, as, as far as your skill bit set, but if, if it's the same thing, if you just work at it and go get in front of different coaches and different um classes you just you're going to find something that works for you and um 
yeah, look, it's not an easy industry by any means, but I think if you stick it out, um, you know, something, something's going to give eventually. And if it doesn't, there's, I think maybe there's something maybe that people are doing wrong. They don't realize, or they need to, I think like evaluating yourself, you know, like taking a, a step outside of your own head for a moment and looking at the things that you say or do and, um, going, Oh, was that like, how do you, how do people perceive me? You know, like, um, what does this certain person that gets a lot of work, what does he do that I don't like? What, what's, and it's like, in my experience, it's just been the most down to earth, um, humble stunties that are the ones that seem to work all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know it carries I mean? with, with most of them, right. Most, most facets of the industry is just don't, don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just, <laughs> just don't be an asshole. Don't try to kiss ass either though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, I think, and that's, and that's a hard thing. Cause you're like, shit, I'm finally, you're like, you might get in a, in a film set as an extra or something. And you're like, I'm finally in front of people. I'm going to go up to them and I'm going to give them my resume and I'm going to ask them how their family is and this and that. And it's like, no just like like sure be professional go up to them and, and say hi uh nice to meet you i don't want to take up too much of your time but i just want to let you know my name is yada yada and um i'm aspiring to do this and i just anyway i just wanted to say hi and introduce myself and like and leave it at that and then you know what i mean because people are busy yeah. and even if they look like they're not busy they might have a radio in the air so someone you know or they might be thinking about the next setup or whatever so um, if you if you're lucky enough to get a moment with someone who's in your field that you know just keep brief keep it professional and they'll probably go wow that guy was um he did all the right things there i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna um try to help him out a little yeah yeah and you 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 know what that that's so true i think it's it's carried a lot of people just being a person and treating somebody else like a person is I think it's it's really hard for a lot of people to do in this industry because I just think it's it's mm. all glamour and you know kissing ass. But yeah, if you if you befriend the key grip on set, man, he might know somebody else who's doing another film, and then he thinks of you because you just said hi. You know, it's just yeah. it, it works. And uh, yeah, I think that whoever's listening right now is is learning, you know, to maybe instill more of that into their daily life. Just just be genuine, be be good, and be honest. And that's that's fantastic, man. Nah. yeah totally. yeah I, th I just think you're like yeah just be genuine don't force yeah. it don't try to say hi to so so and so every day you see them and, and be that weird guy it's like i don't even know that guy's name like why do you keep saying hi to you know what i mean like just just keep it genuine if, it, if it's don't force things and yeah. um yeah it's it's yeah it's a hard it's a hard industry to crack it took me 10 years and um sometimes i still don't think i've cracked it you know what i mean like sometimes i'm still like yeah uh, I don't like there's nothing to say that I'm going to work after this job, you know, like I, I'm always just, I feel like I'm on my toes at all times. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not a whole lot of people talk about that, that imposter syndrome is, is well within, you know, uh, acting and stunts and all that. I mean, there's a, there's Academy Award winners who still don't think they believe, or they, they belong on a set, essentially. You know, they, they, they haven't made it yet, so to speak. So uh, and yeah. that, I think that carries you too, man. You know, being on your toes, you're, you're paying attention and you're, you're observing. You're trying to make sure you do a great job and that, that's going to carry you far. I want to see you as, as Hal Jordan. I want to see you in, uh, in an unknown Marvel movie that I have a feeling you might be a part of, but I can't say anything about it. We'll see uh but no it's it's awesome man and that's that's a good piece of advice i know it's just, hush, hush, hush. 
much. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> That's all right. He's doing a little indie uh, called Speed Three. Um, yes. <laughs> unpaid some unpaid project for six months <laughs> exactly doing it just yeah. for for was it copy uh, copy and credit right yeah, that's right yeah yeah for um yeah exactly yeah you, you get the footage and we'll feed you <laughs> exactly yeah. uh and hey man is there anything uh you wanted to plug for this episode i mean uh, of course we're going to plug mortal Kombat and godzilla versus Kong, but is there anything as far as like uh, projects or businesses you're affiliated with that you want to kind of promote or maybe even something that you really believe in like a charity company anything like that could be anything anything you want to plug oh i think like right now mortal kombat's just in my mind a lot because it just released and i really want everyone to go watch it and you know there's a lot of people who go in with high expectations and are walking out happy and excited and which is like wow like but just remember like it's it's a, it's a movie about fighting. You know, we're just trying to, you know, we were just trying to entertain. It's not Schindler's List. It's not, um, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's about, it's getting from one scene to another, trying to create these different fights, entertain the fuck out of you. And I think it really does that. Sorry for swearing. Um, no, but, sorry. Uh, yeah, this like, is, this is an explicit podcast. Swear, yeah, swear away, <laughs> I realized that the last one I did, I swore a lot. I'm like, oh. I should have done that, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I hope people can go watch it because it's honestly it was so fun to work on, and everyone who worked on it was so passionate about it. And it was made by ninety nine percent Australians, which is also pretty cool. Um, and so yeah, I, and that's that's really all I can think of right now. Um, I just want people to go see that, and um, hope you enjoy my performance as cabal yeah oh they will man the 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 character is just so badass and the movie's a lot of fun if you guys haven't watched it yet and you're listening to this i don't know i don't know why you should have just watched the movie first when you saw that he was on the podcast uh super awesome check it out again man thank you so much for for being on here if you liked this episode and you like our podcast go ahead and, and just give us a review it doesn't have to be five stars but if it isn't five stars you're not getting a sticker uh, that's that's our deal. If they give us a five star rating, we will mail a sticker, and we also mail um, thank you cards and stickers to our guests as well. So at some point, man, I'll uh, see if maybe you have an agent or somebody I could I can mail the thank you card and the sticker to, uh, just a little gift from us for, for being part of the episode. And uh, yeah, uh, I think that's all I have for this exclusive interview. But we do have one thing before we finish recording. We like to conclude every single recording with an awkward goodbye something verbal and just kind of kind of weird <laughs> so uh if you have something stirring around that, that that noggin there that we can do for the awkward goodbye i'll just count us down wins world style nice and silently and uh and we'll just go from there you ready All right okay and mortal combat <laughs> 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 <laughs>